Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Get up to 30% off wedding jewelry at bluenile.com. And remember the joy of your wedding day forever. Blue Nile offers everything from diamond and lab-grown diamond wedding bands to classic pearls, earrings you can design yourself, even gorgeous sapphire pieces for your something blue. Whatever you choose, Blue Nile's pieces are all graded for excellence, for a lasting memento as brilliant as the love that inspired it. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to The Hotbed. This is Series 3, Episode 8. I'm Anarchy Somerville. I'm Lisa Williams. And we are The Hotbed Collective, making the world better, one orgasm at a time. We are. We are. We still are. We're still doing it. It's bloody amazing, really, isn't it? I wonder how many orgasms have happened in the making of this series. Well... I think if I do my calculations right, because I've got an algorithm going at the moment, Mm. I've got a special app. A tracker. Which is basically tracking worldwide orgasm rates in different locations. And I think we're seeing a sort of 60 to 70% rise Mm -hmm. in locations where people are listening to the podcast. A rise in people's pants. A rise in people's pants, more adventurous behaviour, more unpredictable behaviour, more experimental behaviour, less TV watching. Better sleep. Better sleep. Better skin. Longer hair. Less grumpiness. Less incontinence. Less incontinence and more role play. I think that's to be applauded. (laughs) So actually, we joke about an app, but we do actually want to build one. So for any of you billionaire tech developers out there, if you want to invest in the Hotbed app, will you um, give Anarchy a ring on her landline? Oh, no, I'm not going to be giving my landline out. Who has a landline anymore? (laughs) Will you DM us? Slide into our DMs. We're at the Hotbed Collective on Instagram. I'm kind of joking slash not joking slash give us your money. Yeah, I do think there's an app idea. The problem is I've got four or five different ones, so I need to get some FaceTime with a big wig. That one's been invented, sorry. I'm going to be hurling. Oh, FaceTime. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be doing four or five pitches at the same time. That's just the kind of gal you are. I am. Multi-hyphening all the way. So what are we talking about this week, Anarchy? Well, poetry, Lisa. So if I say the word poetry to you, what do you get in your brain? What comes into your mind? War poems. War poems. We're going to be talking with the amazing author, Holly McNish, um, who is a poet and writer. um, And she's got an iconic book called Nobody Told Me which is all about the first year of motherhood. And um, she's a very interesting person. It's funny because I don't read a lot of poetry. I don't know about you, Lisa. Tons. You're probably quite highbrow. But uh, I, I sort of hadn't... I'd come to poetry after leaving it probably sometime in the sixth form. So a very long <laughs> time 60s. ago. <laughs> in the 60s. Back in the 60s, I used to go and watch those old beat poets <laughs> in my black polo neck and my black beret. Oh, no, I was imagining more like kind of... Um, like 
Joni Mitchell kind of, you know, those sort of 70s oh, yeah. warbly singers that oh, kind yeah, of yeah. sing like this. Yeah. I mean, Joan Baez. Yeah. I have, but it's funny, I did see some poetry actually. I did have, I had a really good friend who was into performance art. This is more recently. Um, and she took me to a poetry evening and it confirmed that poetry was perhaps that kind of poetry was not for me. But this kind of poetry is completely different because it's actually just all about sharing a common life experience. And uh, and I think it's lovely, actually. Yeah, so poetry does... No, actually, I don't know what puts the fear into me more, poetry or performance art. I think performance art. For some reason, I think when I hear those two words, I think I'm going to be called up on stage to, like, have sex with the artist. Yeah, there's something... I don't know what it is. I mean, honestly... I need to see probably some very good performance art. I have seen some very bad. <laughs> yeah. Do you know I like limericks? I really like then. limericks. And I've actually written one about you. Oh, go on then. I Hit me with it. Work. No one's ever written me a limerick before. Well, I don't know if this is the sort of poetry that Holly McNish would um, approve of, but I did one anyway. Um, let me just get out my manuscript. Okay. There was a young woman called Anarchy who got so horny she became panicky. She went to a shop to buy all the locks and now she can't find her fanny key. Oh, that's a good one. I wondered how you were going to find a rhyming word with anarchy. Holly's agent, if you're listening, you get the exclusive. Yeah, I think you should pitch that because I think limericks are one of those forgotten arts where Mm. you could kind of rebrand them for our modern day. Okay, well, I'll work on it. Have you written one about me? Um, I was trying to, but the only thing I could think of was Lisa and Tower of Pisa. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I didn't get any further than that. I think limericks are not my forte. So um, I love Holly. Love Holly. I think the first... She's not a poet as you imagine. She's like young and cool and um, sort of edgy and relevant and interesting and political because her videos are like music videos mm. and she talks to the camera and she's very direct and raw. And I think the first poem of hers that I heard slash slash watched was Embarrassed, which is all about breastfeeding. Mm -hmm. And it's about the kind of double standard in society about how she feels embarrassed to feed her baby, even though her baby needs food. Um, And even though there are, you know, tits looking out at her from magazines and newspapers, she felt very strongly about how, you know, shaming it was just to feed her baby. So that's how I found, and like the video is really cool. It uses lots of metaphors for boobs. So mm. there's like two balloons, two like milk pints. It's very Instagram, isn't it? Because it's mm. like uh, lots of millennial pink before that was even a thing. So I love her, and she loves the hotbed. So it's this mm. mutual loving appreciation. Yes. Um, so I was really excited to talk to her. Dry lips. He said I'd made him hard, now please could I make him soft. His erection ached like monthly pains, please could I wank him off. I wanted to, I did, he came. I smiled, we kissed, we kissed again. I'd have liked to ask him for the same, but English language dried my lips. No word for my wetness, no word for my swollen soft, no word for the action of him touching me till verbs take off. Sometimes I reimagine the sex scenes from my youth with specific words that I could use to balance things a bit. He said I'd made him hard, now could I make him soft? I'd reply he'd made me wet, now could he rinse me off? He'd blown up the balloon, now could he help it pop? He said that his erection was as hard as seaside rock. I'd say that my swell, my puff, was pink and fluffed as candy floss, needed lips to melt it. He asked if I could wank him off. I'd ask if he could lick me off, 
finger me off, shudder me. All I'm really trying to say is girls need some vocabulary too. That's right. That was Holly McNish. Hi, Holly. Hiya. Thank you for reading that poem, Dry that's Lips. Right. <laughs> yeah, I don't, don't know about the title, but yeah. Well, that's, I suppose, what you were writing about, and that is the words aren't enough to capture like female sexual experience. Is that why you wrote that poem? Yeah, it is why I wrote it. I've just been reading loads and loads, basically, about it and chatting to a lot of friends and mainly other sort of younger female poets that I've met. And I just more and more realise there are so many words that basically that guys have and that girls don't have. And I guess I'm sort of annoyed at the English language at the minute for um, for being so shite in this respect, I guess, to do with sex and sex in general, but like female sexuality more than anything. Yeah, and as a poet, that's your trade is to be articulate and to use language in creative ways to kind of... Um, capture some element of, of human experience so it's it's a problem isn't it for women for poets but yeah. also for women <laughs> yeah, <it is. laughs> and for female poets so um yeah how do you kind of work your way through that oh I don't know I think the thing that annoys me most is that I find language really fun like mm. I really love I love writing poems and I'm not the sort of poet that sort of um thinks about very specific words like my vocabulary I use quite I don't know if normal language is the the word that I'm looking for but I think it is like the whole point of me writing poems is sort of to sort things out in my head Mm. I don't have this massive extensive use of vocabulary like some poets do but I think that's why it annoys me even more because I was trying to write about sex and I realized that not even in like a general spoken language were there words for like like erection like whether it's whether it's like biological words or colloquial words like Mm. both of them don't really exist I guess Mm. I guess the the sort of first one would be the fact there's no female equivalent to willy for kids Mm. and there's obviously this movement going on to get girls to just use the the sort of proper words like vulva vagina or Mm. uh, god forbid clitoris but um but I still think it's a shame. Like, there's no campaign for boys to say penis rather than willy. But, like, the more I looked into it, just the more... Um, I think the more interesting it became. Yeah. So, like, I feel like science is really catching up. Like, I think last year, for the first time, the was it The Guardian published, like, that picture of the clitoris to show mm. actually how big it was and under, you know, how a lot of it's under the skin and mm. all this sort of stuff. But, like, language, and the English language especially is... It's an amazing language for mm. writing. Mm. It's got one of the most like, extensive vocabularies in the world. Um, but we we just don't really have words for a lot of things. Like even erection. I remember someone saying, you know, well, not someone saying, someone who was writing, a, a biologist, and she was like, you know, girls have an erection. It's not the, it's not the same things that happen, but it's pretty similar. Like yeah. blood rushing in, like getting wet, sort of swelling up clitoris goes hard often like it's it's so similar in many ways but the main difference is there's no there's no there's no, no word and I guess it's like with like with Willie obviously there are words that kids use for vulva mm. um but there's just so many of them and mm. they're all different mm. whereas guys have like words that they all recognize whereas for a girl you have to sort of like 
you know, what you're going to say, foo-foo, and then your friend's like, what's that? Or you're yeah. going to say fandango, and then your friend says, what's that? Or yeah. front bum, and then everyone laughs. Like, yeah. no boy is going to be worried about saying willy and think somebody's going to go, what is that? Yeah. Oh, my God, you call it a willy. Like, that doesn't happen. <laughs> and I guess it's the same with, with erection. Like, if, like, yeah, I've been asking people about it, and, and what you say to ask a boy to, like, I don't know, like, masturbate you. You're not yeah. gonna, you, know, <laughs> you can use official words, but it's not sexy. Like, if a guy says, oh, he's got a harden. Yeah. Like, and the girl, like, one of my friends said, oh, my God, I've got such a widen. I was like, you've got what? She a widen. Like, widen. Then she was like, yeah, but it doesn't really describe it because that's not really actually what happens. Mm. Um, but, you know, obviously you can use the official words, but it's just not, you know, when I'm, like, 15 at house party and my boyfriend says, oh, I've made him hard. Yeah. I don't want to say, oh, well, you've made my clitoris stimulated. Could you please, like, rub it in circular motions until <laughs> I have an orgasm? Sexy. It's not your fun vocabulary. And I think I think guys have it, but I don't think girls have a lot of it, or at least not enough that it's officially recognised by, like, all yeah. women and girls. We need a universal vocabulary that everyone will understand and find sexy. Yeah. And um, yeah, different people find different words sexy, but there's, there is still loads I, more. I wonder whether, again, whether there are words, but whether we just have a problem with them because of what they're associated with and because of all the guilt and shame around female sensuality and female pleasure. For example, the word I'm going to use here, and I'd be interested to hear your immediate reaction, but <laughs> there's the word moist. I knew you were going to say that word <laughs> because... I always say that to my mum because she hates it so much. Yeah, everyone does. Everyone, yeah, weird. I was thinking that on the train. <laughs> I was thinking like moistness and wetness. Like there's nothing, I don't think, like I guess thinking about it from a language point of view, there's not There's not many things that are moist that are, could be negative. Like, yeah. I know there are negative sexual experiences, but they're not normally associated with being moist. Yeah. Like a cake, if it's moist, it's yummy. It's delicious. And a fanny, if it's moist, normally, you know, it's. It's an aroused, it's, happy one. Yeah. That side of pleasure has been, well, I mean, it's been demonised for, you know, well, God knows how long I was going to say, but that sort of, yeah, like in religion, in culture. In, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that is partly it, that the words that, you do have people are like oh I hate the word moist mm. it's like you only hate it sort of I think is it because we've been told to hate that aspect of ourselves really yeah I um, think so but I also do think that there is also a massive a massive difference in the vocabulary but yeah if 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 you sort of a guy said you know you'd made him hard and you said you've made me moist like the word sounds nice as well. Mm. I think there's loads of words like that. Like the sounds of words. I think that's what I think about Willy. Like it's it's such a kiddie sounding word. Yeah. I like it. Do you know what I mean? Like maybe because it rhymes with silly. I don't know. <laughs> but even things like wanking. I was thinking of that one as well because I talking to loads of um, friends about it and and teenage girls about it to see if there's anything that like maybe I didn't use when I was mm. younger. And I I keep saying younger. It's a massive problem with like older females as well mm-hmm. or, or like my age or whatever people think of as old but I, I just think unless we start it from a young age I don't think it'll change yeah so we asked um, our readers in the last our readers our listeners 
for some good words for wanking yeah. in the last series. And one of my favourites was... Um, I've had a Nancy because we love Nancy Friday and so does this listener and she was saying Nancy Friday is like the queen of female fantasy and masturbation uh, and orgasm let's say I have a Nancy because it's something yeah. quite nice it's very feminine it's like unambiguously feminine and it's quite sweet and yeah. nice and like I don't know it's, it sounds like fancy yeah no it is nice though isn't it the um, Oxford English Dictionary team got in touch with me right about two weeks ago because of this poem that I put online. Wow. And said that they they do this, like, call out for youth words. So, yeah, yeah. words that have, like, come into use. Um, and, like, would I do a, a call out mm. to see if, I guess just things like, like somebody was saying about cunny instead of cunnilingus, yeah. just calling it cunny. Yeah. Like, it seems maybe quite a good one. Or even just the shortened word clit. Like, we're still a bit funny about that, I think. But, um, and I was thinking about that, and I'm definitely going to do it. And I thought, I don't know if it's always about them being in use mm. and then going into the dictionary. Yeah. Like, because in other ways, words have been invented and then they mm-hmm. go into use, which I think would have to happen here. Yeah. I don't think there's going to be these words that start being used by everyone. Mm. I think, like, in Sweden, they, they invented a kid's equivalent for right. vulva and the government backed this group of parents and then they just spread it and put it into the dictionary, put it into all the educational establishments, Sweden. sent it to the doctors and everything. Oh and then my it, God. And now it's totally normalised. Like, it's totally, totally normal. And, I, yeah, I was thinking about that as well. Was, Sweden, hallelujah. I know. So, so Swedish. It, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's amazing, but they were exactly the same as us in English. So they had Willy. I don't know mm-hmm. what the words are, but they didn't have um, one for girls, and now they've invented it. So Oxford English Dictionary, I would like to submit to you Nancy for female masturbation and my new word is bore play so it's like foreplay but it's bore play it's a theme that has come up a lot in us doing this podcast we set it up because it was about after it originally started as sex after kids because we realised god it's just not happening because of birth injury body confidence issues just this kind of mental load of running um household and the podcast has evolved since then and I'm really pleased to have listeners that um, you know don't have children that aren't even married or don't live with their uh, partners or single but what has become apparent to me is that a lot of um, relationships suffer because they're not the mental load of running the house is not shared and actually it's a common theme we make a joke of it but actually if you are living with a partner for example, and they are not pulling their weight around the house, it is very hard to go from feeling annoyed at them and nagging them to suddenly being a sex goddess with them in the bedroom or a sex god. So ball play to me is if someone helps me at home with giving me a lion, taking out the recycling, just sharing everything. So I'm not always the one having to remember people's birthdays, buying the presents, Uh um, paying the bills, for example. It's ball play. (laughs) I I always think it obviously like I've got a daughter and I go to loads of midwifery conferences now and, and read I get asked to read a lot at midwifery conferences um, and I was thinking about the like one of the things whenever I read it out at gigs this part in um, in Nobody Told Me one of the bits that I that I always read out is about the appointment six weeks after I gave birth and mm. um, when the nurse said that I was healing and that the stitch 
well, I didn't have many, but the stitches were okay. And then she said it was okay to have sex again. And I'd written in this thing that I thought, fuck you, basically, when she told me. But thinking about it more and more, and, and that's, that's the bit of the book that the most women have come up to me and spoken about after the gig. And I was thinking, you know, that, that um, after birth, the only type of sex that I was told I could have again was like penetration. Mm. And I'm sure other, like I've, I saw that on, on your website, I think it was, I was reading about um, how you said, yeah, the idea of like other things mm. that are stimulating and massage and other things that are much better mm. after having birth. And I feel so angry about that appointment. And I was speaking to a midwife who was about 60 the other day and she was like, yeah, I've said that in every appointment. I've said, oh, you know, wait about sex, but I've only meant penetration. And yeah. I was thinking nobody says, you know, once this is okay, you might be able to be like licked out again yeah. or fingered again or any other act which is not to do with a guy mm. being able to mm-hmm. have his penis inside you, basically. Yeah, I think it's terrible and it's... I'm sure you could get licked before penetrated after birth and it would probably, like not saying everyone would want to, Yeah, but just there was... There was nothing else told to me other than penetrative sex. Yeah, and it's so reductive of how we interact as a couple, you know, and it's so reductive of female sexuality that, oh, we're going to be waiting for this golden moment where we can have a dick inside us again. Exactly. The the, the thing that in the first place made pregnant and... (laughs) (laughs) But for many, many women, that's not the... That's not the highlight of a, a sexual experience from personal point of view and from all these loads of studies that I've been reading at the moment. Totally. So let's talk about the orgasm gap. So we've talked about it a lot on our series. Um, heterosexual and uh, and gay men um, come most of the time they have sex. Then lesbians, then bisexual women and straight women. And yeah. the difference is about 35%, isn't it? So it's significant. Um, and Holly has written poems about this and it's something that you feel as strongly about as we do, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is something I feel strong. Like I, f- I find it. It's 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 mainly from what I can gather something that affects straight women in straight relationships more than anyone. Mm. The thing I was reading about the other day it was this. It's called the Height Report, and it was one of the biggest reports of how women masturbate. And then it was comparing that to obviously like heterosexual sex and what you're taught about sex and like you say and like the, what you see on screens unless a film is about female sexuality the sex scenes are shit mm. and I, I was I was kind of thinking about that and thinking it's probably also as well as the you know history and history of sex only being okay if it's for reproduction it's also easier to film a couple under the covers than it is to film somebody getting fingered for yeah. 10 minutes like that turns quite quickly into possibly being virgin on pornographic and the rating of the film going up mm. so like in you know normal tv it's, it's it's easier to show a couple getting under the bed but you could obviously show like all sex and stuff in that way oh my god um, i just have to jump in sorry and tell a story about when i was at university <laughs> my housemate it's just reminding me my housemate at the time was a guy and he worked at the local art center the mac in birmingham which is a really cool place and he, I think, worked front of house. But when the film Nine Songs was on with Margot Stilley, oh, I'm not saying it. Um, Nine Songs is a film. It's quite sort of art house about. I think it's about a couple over a weekend, just sort of having some fun. Yeah. He was appointed on Wank Patrol. So because there was so much sex and nudity in this film, 
he basically had to be in the cinema to make sure that <laughs> <laughs> there weren't any men wanking. And he came back and he was like, oh, my God, it was so graphic. You saw the inside of a vagina. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> and that's just what occurred to me. It's like, you're so right. You don't really see that kind of like, unless it's porny, yeah. you don't see the sensual side. And maybe because it's not until this point been very cinematic. But that's just an excuse, surely. Yeah, I think it is an excuse because obviously you could see it. And yeah, the other thing, like what you're talking about, I, was, I think... What fascinates me is the way women, straight women, well, any woman masturbates compared to the way a lot of straight women are in sexual situations compared to straight men. So, like, the actual physical things that you do when you masturbate, you know, rarely, I'm just going from this study, it was like a thousand women and they're all answering this question about specifically how they masturbate and it was about 1% Mm. use penetration alone. Mm. Yeah, because it just doesn't do it for most women. Whereas in your sex life with a partner, mostly it did include that. And all these things about oh god, there were there. There's so much stuff, and I, I've had this about oh I wish. I remember I've, <laughs> I've like masturbating ways to try to do right. If I practice doing this, then I can insert this into a sex life, and then I can also have. It's like I'm going to so much effort here. Like this is totally ridiculous. <laughs> just. You just need to change the way that a couple is having sex with each other so it's not so orientated about around the, the, the way that a guy likes it. Like yeah. it's, but all that, I think, just comes from this young age and just being used to doing stuff. Yeah. Um, but that fa- fascinated me. Like, just reading about... Yeah, just reading and understanding the way... the way women's masturbate to give themselves... mainly to give themselves an orgasm is physically very different from penetrative sex that you see yeah. whereas the way a guy masturbates not you know not everything about it obviously you're not going to like stand having <laughs> you know whatever there are lots of differences but the actual physical use of hands will be pretty similar to what is going on mm. in the sex life he then has with a with a woman yeah and um, yeah in in general so I, I i find that quite fascinating Totally. The other one that we love, stat that we love, is how 20% of women come with penetration mm-hmm. um, alone. And I think that's been a revelation to a lot of our listeners who feel like there's something wrong with them. Because yeah, which is horrendous. They, I know. It? When you realise actually you're in the majority rather than the minority, because it's brilliant if you can uh, orgasm through penetration that's but why, amazing but why is it brilliant and amazing like well, why why do we say that we say like oh it's brilliant because I've thought that as well I've got like two friends that say they can they can have an orgasm through penetration but they've also only done that when they've done lots of stuff before mm. so it's not like they've been not turned on and then all that's happened is that so I'd love like I'd love to see more research to do with it like I, I asked one of my friends like quite detailed like because I, I can't, um, and it really doesn't bother me. Like, mm. it's, stuff's a, um, amazing. But like, I remember thinking, feeling, like, jealous mm. of her because she could. Yeah. And I was like, like, she's not having any better orgasms than I am. I'm only jealous because she can do this thing so she can have the sex that apparently we're told that we have to. Yeah. But actually, why? Because, I, like... Yeah. That's so true. I suppose my thinking is, 
if because I can't either, um, and or I don't. Sorry, it's not that I. It's. It, I think can't sounds kind of negative, doesn't it? It's just that's not how I orgasm. Yeah. Um, it's not to say I don't enjoy penetration. Um, oh, that sounds so textbook. It's not to say <laughs> if I don't enjoy no, penetration, it's the same. It's the same. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it's it's more. I feel happy for the people that that can because I assume that they've experienced more pleasure and less awkwardness and less probably feeling not. of like they shame. Just made their partner feel. Yeah, uh, I doubt. I doubt that having I, like I don't know, but I doubt that um, someone that has an orgasm from penetration alone, the orgasm's any better than me having an orgasm with a little hand on my clit and being penetrated. Like it's pretty yeah. bloody good. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it'd be better, but I think it would be easier. Yeah, because then you don't have to do stuff other than yeah what's easy for a guy. I just think because I feel the same. I always think, oh, that would be great. Yeah, I think that it's all often coming from the same place. So now we know that the clitoris is so large and internal um, and quite often pleasure and orgasm can just, it just depends on what angle this clitoris is being hit. So, and it's like anatomy, it's like our bodies are so different. Like my face is different to yours, you know, and it's (laughs) sort of like, well, sometimes you might have an orgasm through like anal sex and yeah. sometimes it'll be through like cunny. I'm going to call it cunny. Yeah, I yeah. think, think cunny is quite a nice one, actually. I it's do quite, too. Yeah. Okay. I like it. Oxford English be... Dictionary. <laughs> yeah, that'll be one that I put in. Because I think it's a bit nicer than licking out. It sounds a bit like you're sort of, I don't know. Yeah, it sounds like someone is taking something away from you. Yeah. Really weirdly now I want to talk to you about just general shame on women because the first poem of yours that I heard was um, Embarrassed which is about breastfeeding and it's got a brilliant video which we'll link to in our show notes and actually for any of you that any listeners who haven't seen Holly perform her poetry she does it quite often to camera um, and it's like a music video really that's sort of your your kind of look isn't it Um, to put on to (laughs) put on YouTube with like really interesting graphics um and so embarrassed is about the shame of breastfeeding and how you felt when you had your daughter that you had to sometimes like hide in the loo. Yeah. Um, it's quite similar, isn't it, to the shame that women feel about their pleasure. Would you make that connection? Yeah, I think it all goes together. And I, I, yeah, I get kind of um, not annoyed about things to do with breastfeeding, but I just, yeah, exactly what you say. I just think it's all so similar. Like the... It's all just around like female bodies and female sexuality. I I was thinking that a lot when, well, now looking back, like I didn't really think at the time, I just sort of felt embarrassed. But I find it weird the way we talk about people being embarrassed to breastfeed as if they're embarrassed to get their boob out, which I don't really think is the embarrassment. Mm. I think it's other people seeing another human being sucking on your nipple yeah. or sucking on your dits which you would never say because that you know mm. like we're not used to seeing a baby sucking on a nipple we are used to seeing cleavage and we you mm. know there are other things why sometimes I might have wanted to go into you know do it in private because I might take the baby off and then milk sort of shoots out of your nipple and stuff like there are reasons I know why sometimes it's not comfortable in being in public but I think the reason for me was just that weird cross between like is it alright now to now have a guy licking my nipple and is mm. it not and sometimes I, I find it quite um like with that that embarrassed video there's or in the poem there's obviously stuff about oh built you know tits on billboards are all right but it's not all right to have a baby on your mm. breast in public 
And a lot of people have sort of backed me up and I know they're trying to be nice by saying, yeah, like breasts are for feeding babies. Mm. It's like, I know that, but I don't think it has to be one or the other. Mm. Like, I don't think it's very helpful to say, you know, this is the biological reason for them, which is, mm. I'm sure, true. But like my, <laughs> I was thinking this when we were talking about like, well, me thinking, oh, great, that you can have like vaginal penetration and, and come through that. Because I always feel really lucky that I've got such sensitive nipples mm. and I just assumed everyone was the same <laughs> and I remember talking to my friend she was like, like I hate it when people touch my my nipples and I was like oh my god so, <laughs> <laughs> I love it when my boyfriend mm. is like tweaking my nipples mm. and I think that makes me even more um, bothered about this like defence of breastfeeding in that way because yeah. for most of my life it's been like most of my life it'll be like my my boyfriend on my boob. Yeah. That I want. And I don't want to be made to feel like that's weird. No. As much I, as I don't want yeah. people to think that breastfeeding's weird. So I, I've got this, like, dream of a, a poster with a woman breastfeeding a baby and then, like, right next to it, a sexual scene of a man mm-hmm. or a woman in, like, a sexual relationship licking on a nipple and being mm. like, like, these are both okay. I think yeah. we need to get over the fact that these are both okay rather than pitting them against the other yeah so true and actually it i think that shows just how narrow a view we have of our own kind of not necessarily it's the women thing but just like a woman's body is for this and you're so right because in france they're like a woman's body is for the pleasure of the man quite often you know and they have they have great like um uh, rehab yeah, after physio. you have a baby great <laughs> yeah. physio but it's mainly for the yeah, so for that the you can have yeah, yeah. sex again it's so annoying though because it's so good I think they must have so many less like I don't know but like prolapses or yes. pelvic floor problems but the reason behind it is so shite <laughs> I know <laughs> so true and then also you know breastfeeding in France is not as the rates are not brilliant the rates are not brilliant in the UK either um but the argument often is, you know, like the breasts is for the man. You know, it's like, yeah. actually, they can be both. We, yeah. I'm trying to think, like our, everything our else mouths. Is both. Yes. Everything else. We eat with our mouths. Totally. We also give blowjobs yeah. uh, or go down on girls yeah. or kiss, you know, and it's kind of like, why have we not got a problem with that? I was told not to use tampons until I'd had sex, I remember, when I was a teenage girl. There's lots of things. Like Virginity is mm. another minefield. It's mainly to do with straight sex, isn't it? It's mainly yeah. to do with the female. I, ca- I called in the Christmas play. Um, to my daughter I was like who's playing the Virgin Joseph and she was like he's not the Virgin Joseph (laughs) well he should be if we're going to call her Virgin Mary call him Virgin Joseph but um, that is so true Oxford English Dictionary I hope they listen to this podcast we're just coming up with so many new concepts so we like to set homework for our listeners and I think that this week we should set everyone a bit of a language exercise and um, you wouldn't have heard this Holly but in the studio before um, Anarchy and I did some limericks in tribute to you. Not that you do limericks, but it's the only <laughs> no, poem. I mean, a poem's a poem, it's great. So if we were to set our listeners an easy poetry exercise, is there something that you do? Do you ever teach creative writing? Or if someone says, I'd love to be a poet, how do I start? Like, is there some kind of uh, hack or easy to- task um, to maybe come up with, I don't know, like a poem in three sentences that includes a new word? What do you think? I think, to be honest, the way that I normally teach isn't very helpful because I normally say to people, go and read loads and loads of poetry and writing mm. and then write your own. I sometimes tell people to close their eyes, which I think, and I think everyone can do this, when you've got a vision of something in your head um, and imagine you're 
like a very good painter and you want to draw what's mm-hmm. in your head, um, which most people can't do, I don't think, myself included. And then I think sometimes you realise that writing a description of what you can sort of see in your head is easier than painting it. Mm-hmm. So I, I sometimes do that. So I guess if it was using a, a new... A new type of vocabulary for this, for sexuality, maybe imagine the thing that most turns you on or the movement, but close your eyes, try and imagine it, and then try to, like, freeze the frame. Yeah. Or, like, have, like, a the sort of video you could get on Instagram that's only, like, 20 seconds long, <laughs> so you don't have much to describe. <laughs> and then just try to write what you see in your head, basically. And so we'd like people to do this so based around what turns them on whether that be like masturbating or with a partner yeah yeah so something that makes you feel aroused yeah okay i'd love people to do that so if you're listening please do um send us in your poems yeah you can and don't be embarrassed or think oh that's not poetic enough i hate that sort of idea just whatever you write it's expression thing. isn't it yeah it is expression and everyone expresses themselves differently just like everyone masturbates differently yeah <laughs> What a note to end on. But I do have one more question, and that is who did you fancy as a teenager? <sighs> Famous people. We... I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just name him. Um, God, who the hell did I have on my wall? It. Mm, so it, I guess it was more to do with words. The thing that I listened to the most was um, the Out Here Brothers, Boom, 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 the dirty version on the single so they like the the version i remember I was quite even, rude i can't even remember what they look like but that was yeah. like yeah i used to just sort of put it on repeat although actually the scene in thelma and louise where brad pitt says i fucked your wife looking like a cowboy and then does this sort of crotch wiggle and um, me and my friend watched that oh, rewound it about a hundred times <laughs> so maybe it was that <laughs> oh love it we're gonna have to find a gif of that <laughs> Crutch wiggle and put it on Instagram. I watched it. I watched it last night. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Just the whole film, not just that. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Thanks so much for talking to us, Holly. Oh, no worries. Lovely to be here. What, unfortunately, was not part of the recording of my interview with Holly was the conversation that we had as we left the recording studio. 
not always the way. Yeah, I know. And you really, we need to get better with you actually having a little recorder on you at all times. But then <laughs> yes. nobody would talk to you. Phone tapping. Yeah. Might be good. Secret agent. So as we were leaving the studio and we record it in... Um, we often record our podcasts at a place called Acast, which is a podcast platform. And they're very sweet in there and they're very nice and supportive uh, and quiet. And as we were leaving... Holly and I and Anarchy started talking about pelvic floor exercises and Holly and I both admitted to having had an orgasm whilst doing pelvic floor exercises and for her it happened in a lecture. I know. And for me it happened on an aeroplane and it's because they're so boring to do that you just do them whenever you remember, don't you? Well, and you've just said it to me so I'm doing them now. Yeah, you're going to have an orgasm. Well, no, I don't think... See, I don't find them erotic at all. <laughs> it's very strange. But I struggle because I was advised to do one, um, 10 quick ones, yeah. and then another version, which is to hold for 10 seconds. That would give me so, an orgasm. And I, but I can do the quick ones, mm. but that this probably shows you the state of my pelvic floor. The, the 10 second ones are really t- tough to actually have the awareness that you are you are actually holding for yeah. them. So I, do, I am trying to do them because I mistakenly thought that I should do them after the birth. But apparently doing them before the birth is very good advice, especially if you're Mrs. Tenor Lady, which is me at the moment. Literally, you're wearing Tenor Lady pants. Well, I'm not got the pants on. Tenor Lady pads. Yeah. I know. I I don't like admitting it, but I have had to rely on those because essentially I was just peeing a little bit every day. Yeah, it happens to the best of us. There's a song in there somewhere. Oh, it happens to the best of us. A little bit of pee here and there. It's nothing to be ashamed of. But you should probably do your pelvic floor exercises. Oh, you've gone a bit warbly, Joan Byers style well, folk music. I think music. it's quite a moving topic. Mm, okay. I, don't, I think it wasn't covered by the folk scene, but I'm sure Joan Byers wasn't immune to a bit of tenor lady here and there. I'm sure she wasn't. I would love it if Beyonce could sing about the pelvic floor. Because she's done wonders for... Lots of other areas of female sexuality and female reproductive health and intersectional feminism. She has. And you're always really good at all the long words and everything. Intersectional feminism. I know. Intersectional That's feminism. That's very difficult to say. Intersectional. Intersexual. Intersexual. <laughs> intersexual feminism. I'm much better at pelvic floor exercises, to be honest. But why, what I'm interested in, so orgasming spontaneously, something I don't think it's ever happened to me, was... No, it's not spontaneous. So what happens with the pelvic floor? Were you watching a raunchy film? No, I was on a plane. Oh, yeah, no, I wasn't. I was just on a plane, bored, because I was flying by myself, which doesn't ever happen, and doing my pelvic floor exercises. But the pelvic floor is the bottom bit of the core, mm. and the top bit of the core is your diaphragm, which goes the bit that goes under your ribs. Mm. And then you've got your... Intersexual feminism. Inter- your, yeah, your intersectional <laughs> feminism... Um, core frontal muscles and then your back muscles and then your pelvic floor is the bottom bit so when you're squeezing any side of that square Mm. you could also be squeezing the pelvic floor which is um, directly by your can be directly by your clitoris oh interesting and because the pelvic floor is this sheet of muscle which controls it basically goes across your underneath your bowels your bladder Mm. and your uh, uterus and so naturally it's why you have to kind of squeeze it to um, squeeze it to keep your bottom tight, squeeze it to keep your um, 
vagina tight, tight. And, and and also the front part which is your urethra it kind of spans all of that so it's going to touch your clitoris at some yeah. point depending on how you're built so obviously holly and i are built in a, in a quite a similar way because we also talked about how we can't have vaginal um, orgasms yeah. anyway imagine this chat listeners happening in a very quiet office of very cool but helpful and quiet people I know, but that's a bit the strange thing that happens, isn't it? Because once you get into that kind of chat, you almost forget, you know, because I think we quite often when we're meeting up, we might be in a cafe, quite a public area. And I think when we've been writing bits of the book or talking about the book, we've been sat maybe in a cafe and other people have been listening. But you become very sort of blasé about it or, or sitting on a bus. We've done a few sitting on a bus talking about things. Yeah, Nana's on the bus talking about yeah. vaginal um, penetration. You know, it's the hotbed way. It is the hotbed way. It's all about, if we can't be open about it, then how can we expect anyone else to be open about it? Exactly. So your homework, as well as writing a lovely poem inspired by Holly McNish, which, if they're good, please send to us. Maybe we can turn it into a book, and maybe Holly can then publish it as, like, a sister book to her next poetry collection. Mm. Just throwing it out there, Holly, seeing as we are sexual twins. You've got the bonding now. You've irritated mm. me. Oh, and I forgot that the name of this orgasm is called a corgasm. And so sometimes people, and not me, but some people have had orgasms from doing a spinning class or doing ab crunches or doing maybe a plank. Oh. A plank for me has never been sexual. It's actually just never been. No. Full stop. But you know what's interesting? Planes are often... We talked about this before, I think, but planes are often places where people find real sort of sexy vibes. And I thought, because I, you're heightened emotionally mm. because you're quite close to dying, potentially, in a terrible accident. But mm. also people cry more. So when they watch films, they'll cry more than they would. So things like Marley and Me, if you've ever seen that about the <laughs> Labrador, you might not cry if you were watching that in your front room, but on a plane and you're very aware of your own immortality. Mm. Mortality, not immortality. Intersectional mortality. Intersexual feminist mortality then you're more likely to cry. But also, there's a very famous story about Michael Hutchins and Kylie Minogue getting it on in a plane, under a plane blanket, which I remember reading and thinking, yes. I mean, I wouldn't need, have needed any excuses to get busy with Michael Hutchins anyway, mm. but on a plane, I can imagine it was even more spectacular. Are you going to have an orgasm thinking about it? No. Unfortunately, I can't at the moment, because my baby might fall out of my <laughs> vagina. Will not. Yeah, again, another note to the listeners. It is fine to have sex and have orgasms while you are pregnant. Mm. As long as there are no complications in the pregnancy, please refer to your medical practitioner. Yeah, this is a personal fear, neurosis, for sure. And actually, I think most people would argue that it's very good for you in terms of stress relief. Hey, listeners, when you're listening to this, Anarchy might have had her baby. Check, I've done. check her out at Anarchy Somerville on Instagram and then you'll know. And also check out at Holly Poetry for Holly McNish and at the Hotbed Collective for us and at Lisa underscore of underscore the underscore suburbs. Is it me. that many underscores? I think so. Do you know what? Actually, Why have you when done I said that? Because that, that, is quite, that is quite irritating. I'm only saying because when you're trying to type someone's name in and doing the underscore, was there any thinking behind why you would... Because you've changed your Instagram name, which is another big piece of news. Yeah. Um, but I'm just Stop like, why, why are you doing the underscore, underscore, underscore? Is that because there's somebody already in the suburbs? I think there's another Lisa of the suburbs. I just thought it read e- more easily. I don't know why I changed my name. I just have identity crisis. Well, no, I love the name. Every so often. Mm. Anyway, that's me. That's how you can find us. That's how you can find Holly. Tell us about corgasms, orgasms. Give us any good words that you are actually using. 
sexy thing so that she can tell the Oxford English Dictionary. And um, try and, and have a, pel- a spontaneous pelvic, yeah, intersectional feminist orgasm. Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out at the French Open for a chance to win a Grand Slam title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. See the action unfold as legends fight for glory and new rivalries emerge. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th, with match replays on demand so you never miss a moment. From the first serve to the final point, Roland Garros promises unforgettable moments and new chapters in tennis history. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.